next, what are some challenges that I'm likely to face when trying to deliver my first Comunda project? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. Um, generally speaking, when you are doing a BPM project, a process orchestration project, the hard part is not articulating out the steps. Like your business people, your IT people, they know what those should be. The hard part is the nitty-gritty of actually talking to the integration steps. Like you'll want to make a restful call and there'll be some weird thing in the header and and you won't be able to call, you know call it and and the team that's responsible for that won't be able to meet with you until like next Tuesday. And then when you do, they'll give you a token. You're tried. It doesn't work because you're in the wrong environment. Like that kind of stuff drives you nuts. Integrations are hard. And they're hard because they're imprecise. So, you know, the 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 pain is going to be in the nuts and bolts of actually talking to those external systems. Seems like it should be easy, but it's always a it's always painful. So that's the place that I would start. Now, typically what I do on my projects is I will always stub those out. So if there is an APIM system in place, like an Apigee or MuleSoft or, you know, Kumar or one of those guys, um, you know, I will use that and I will stub out a RESTful API call. And then I'll let the Java folks or the .NET folks or whoever kind of figure out the mechanics. And then when that's done, I'll turn the sprocket and I'll actually get the payload that I expect. And if that's not in place, then I'll put in essentially stub. So instead of calling the service to say, get a customer from the database, I'll actually say, hey, what does a customer look like? What does the stub look like? And I will hard code that while the rest of the team is dealing with the technical difficulties of making that integration work. And the reason that I do that is because if I've got like a 10 step process and the very first step requires that I load a customer, I don't want to be stopped on working on the rest of the stuff while this problem gets traffic jam, right? So I'll just say, hey, I'm just going to take John Smith as a customer. And, you know, we'll just, we know that they have 17 fields, first name, last name, age, whatever. Um, and we'll use that to drive the process. In the meantime, I'm going to have, you know, one of my smart guys figuring out why this RESTful API call doesn't work. So, that allows us to make progress on the process side while concurrently working on progress on the technical integration side. And this also has an ancillary benefit. One of the ancillary benefits is that when you're doing testing, you know how much of your time is being spent on the process and how much of it is being spent on the integration. Because for example, let's say it takes me 13 seconds to make a restful call to the customer database and pull back customers and displays information. All right. Well, if I stub out that customer call and I see that it's only taking me two seconds, then I know confidently that 11 seconds of that is happening because of actually calling the integration. So now I know where my problem is and I can start to work on fixing it, right? This allows me to pinpoint out where the challenges are and also where the solutions are. So I think that's, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Following up on that, Max, how do you know that the payloads will have fidelity and really be true to what you need? Right, right. So, you know, you can examine a scenario, for example, where we have a customer that's coming back 
And, you know, we expect like the last name to be named last name, but really in the database, it's called surname. And so when we actually make the thing work, it breaks because, you know, we were expecting this and we got that and our code doesn't know how to deal with it. There is no way to know that every single time off the bat. However, I submit that it doesn't matter. I submit because the cost of integration is cheap because we're stubbing it out, then actually making the change from like last name to surname to middle name or whatever else you need is something that we can evolve on, we can iterate on, right? So, you know, when you talk to the, the integration team and they say, oh, this is coming back as, you know, surname or coming back as last name, you know, how do we deal with it? You have room to go, oh, no problem. You know, I'll just change to using surname. Or, hey, can you do like an as when you pull the query back from the database or change the surname to last name so it fits into what I'm doing? These are problems that you can negotiate and that you can solve as you're going through the system. The trick, as always, as we've known in, you know, in the enterprise space for the last 15, 20 years is iteration. You do it again. You make some mistakes. You shake your head. You shake yourself off and you do it again and you make it better right? You've got to embrace that philosophy. So you deal with a customer and he's got 17 fields and maybe you get six of them wrong. That's okay. You got 11 right. Work with those, right? Move forward with what you can and then fix the other parts of this. That is sort of the heart of what I call shark architecture. And to me, shark architecture means that like a shark, you have to swim in order to be able to breathe. You have to move forward. There is no stopping. We don't say, oh, we don't know what to do because, um, you know, so-and-so team is not done with this thing and so on. And that, that, that doesn't happen on the projects where I'm involved and I get to keep my sanity. So I would say that make some mistakes, go forward, come back, iterate on it, make it better and better. And this isn't just for delivery. This is for post-delivery. We expect processes to be improvable. We expect to be able to make changes, right? And we need to work out our discipline and our cadence for how we incorporate change into what we're doing. You know, the big mantra of agile programming has always been embrace change. Yeah, let's do that, right? Let, let, let's do this thing that we've been talking about all this time. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent. Just get in there and get stuff done and make some mistakes and learn from them and do it better. That sounds good, Max. But how do I deal with the fact that in the real world, there's going to be a lot of variation of the nature of the data and your approach might lull us into a sense of complacency? Yeah, that's a really fair question, right? So we're talking about a customer and maybe, you know, the database doesn't have the last name and that blows up or we don't have like a customer ID number or, you know, we we have non-specific pronouns or some other thing that we didn't anticipate because the mock data that we used was so nice and tidy and easy, right? Well, you know, honestly, I think the answer to that there's a new answer to that, and I think it's a good one. And it is that you need synthetic data that is auto-generated by an AI, right? So it is fair to say, for example, that um, you know we're gonna bring back John Smith and John Smith is gonna be like a, a specific payload, but it's incredibly easy now 
to say, hey, we're going to bring back one random 20 customers. And one will be John Smith, one will be Joan Stevenson, and so on and so forth. And the data variance can be dynamically changed by an AI. It's synthetic data, right? That you describe using a grammar. So first name, last name, you know, state, city, zip, whatever. All those things can be changed so that you get some representation of the variety that can happen in the real data. There are open source tools that can do this for you. You could talk to, you know, your favorite AI tool. It can do this for you. Or you could just, you know, um, you could just code it up, right? Write an array of customers or so on. The This is not going to be 100%. It's not going to cover you for every variation, but it is better than nothing. And remember, we need to move. We need to make progress. I would much rather have a process that breaks when there is no customer identification number than have a process that hasn't even been implemented because we're waiting for everything to be perfect. Perfect.